one thing leads to another. Uh, we're going to make the connection between that song and the chart of the day. We've got uh, Bloomberg Stocks columnist Dave Wilson to do that for us. Um, tell us the connection here. Well, the one thing is what's going on with stocks sort of in a broader sense in terms of the, the kind of weakness you're showing. And the other would be what happens to the S&P 500 from here. It's a connection that Tom Lee made. He's managing partner over at Fundstrack Global Advisors. And what he did is he looked at it's a bit of a stretch, you could argue, because you think if you're going to focus in on the S&P 500, as Lee does, you'd want to look at S&P 500 stocks. He goes a little uh, differently, though, uh, looking at New York Stock Exchange-listed companies uh, and seeing them relative to their 200-day moving average. So, in other words, that's an indicator of the price trend for the shares. So, presumably, if a stock's below that average, then it's showing some weakness. And uh, we actually compile the series here at Bloomberg. Uh, so it's always uh, fun to kind of highlight our work. Uh, but beyond that, you know, he, he went back and, and last week you saw this uh, proportion fall below 50 percent was the first time since early November, just before the presidential election that it happened. And so what Lee did, he went back to 1994 and checked out two dozen sort of similar occurrences where you had this particular indicator drop below 50 percent and almost all the time. The S&P 500 itself fell to the 200-day moving average at a minimum. A lot of cases, it fell below it. So, you know, it raises the question of if that trend holds, where do stocks go from here? And based on where we were at the end of last week, it would take a 3.6% drop for Lee's sort of uh, presumption to bear out in this case. So, it, basically, he's looking at the broader market seeing some reason for concern, and then raising the issue of where we go from here with the index. It's not necessarily something that's going to last for any length of time, but it's something to be mindful of. But logical, of right? If you're seeing a trend line and things are moving lower and you see you know, less stocks hitting highs or more stocks hitting lows, that, that kind of makes sense, right? Right. So it's sort of consistent with that way yeah. of thinking. And if you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Very cool stuff. Let's uh, also bring in our Carl Riccadano, Chief U.S. Economist at Bloomberg Intelligence. So uh, watching that when it comes to the equity markets, um, this week, easy, safe to say it's all about the jobs report? Well, I think uh, jobs are going to be a key uh, got a lot pivot of stuff point in front for of the you. week, but we've got a, a lot of events uh, coming up this week. We have revisions to GDP. Uh, we'll get the uh, latest glimpse of uh, July uh, household income and uh, spending. Right. Uh, so this will really kind of set the tone for uh, you know the the vigor in the underlying economy as we head into the back half of the year. So jobs always a critical focal point, but I think some other things will get uh, attention as well. And just kind of in a side story uh, that I think uh, you know is not on a lot of folks' radar screens right now. Uh, will be potential fallout in economic data, obviously from Hurricane Harvey, mm -hmm. uh, but also from the uh, disbanding of the president's uh, manufacturing and CEO uh, councils. Uh, we have uh, consumer confidence out tomorrow morning. That uh, closed, the survey collection closed after the violence in uh, Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so there could be some sense that... Uh, uh, lack of optimism towards the uh, president's economic agenda that could be reflected there. 
More importantly, as we look uh, later in the week, we have the Chicago PMI on Thursday and the Manufacturing ISM on Friday. Now, ordinarily, when the Manufacturing ISM comes out after the jobs report, uh, it really uh, doesn't even get a second glance from market participants. Uh, this time around, uh, if there's a big pullback, mm -hmm. uh, and that seems to be tied into the Manufacturing Council being disbanded, uh, I think there could be some significant implications. And we have to think of this in the lens of... The Rust Belt was a strong pillar of support for uh, President right. uh, Trump in the uh, Electoral College victory. So uh, if it looks like he's losing his support in the manufacturing sector, uh, that could be a, uh, a longer-lasting problem. Carl, were those presidential councils really that significant in terms of the psyche within the corporate culture here I in the United States? I think it was. There was a lot of uh, excitement about uh, tax reform, uh, potentially uh, addressing trade issues, and some other pro-factory uh, sector. Uh, agenda items. So uh, sit at the table of while, while you kind heard, of say, well, oh, it's a, a council. Uh, is there that much of an impact? I think that in this instance, uh, you know, even just look at the crossover of factory sector workers uh, support, which is yeah. traditionally organized labor, uh, supporting a Republican president. That's a pretty big deal, and that's something we hadn't seen since Ronald Reagan. Uh, so if it looks like he's uh, losing traction on that front, uh, that that will have implications potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Hey, Dave Wilson, come on in on the, you know, uh, Carl running down some of the economic data points that we've got this week. We do have some readings on the housing market, as he mentioned, uh, income and spending, uh, a lot going on. Any of that that could be significant to the equity markets and what's expected to be kind of already seeing light trading and kind of a mellow market? Well, exactly, which, you know, if you think about it, you get any kind of uh, shock out of these numbers, and it may have more effects simply because you have a slower market. I mean, and a little bit of trading can make more of a difference in terms of the overall direction. But beyond that, it, I mean, it comes down to does anything really change in the way of uh, Federal Reserve policy? I mean, do we get the interest rate increases down the line? Do we get uh, next month, presumably, the Fed starting to ratchet back on its bond buying, the whole uh, sort of uh, withdrawal from quantitative easing of the past few years? So these are the sort of things that are going to be front and center as the reports come through. It really is a matter of, you know, is there anything to change the situation in a meaningful way? I mean, we haven't seen it lately, that's for sure. Jobs report, anything that would shock us, should jo shock jobs us? Jobs report, I think we will see uh, another uh, upside, <coughs> excuse me, an upside surprise. Uh, but to Dave's point, uh, the one thing that potentially we could see impacting the numbers here uh, is fallout in the energy sector. Right. Uh, we've talked a long time on this program about consumer spending being the core driver of the economy. Uh, if for some reason we see a ripple effect from what's happening in the uh, southeast in, in mm -hmm. Houston into gasoline prices and that impacts consumer spending, that could be... Uh, uh, something of consequence. All right, maybe the last uh, kind of official week of the summer, but there's certainly a lot of, uh, for us to keep a, a watch on. Dave Wilson, thank you so much. Docs editor at Bloomberg News and our own Carl Riccadonna, our chief U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, both of them in our Bloomberg 1130 studio.